Have you ever experienced true love before? I've loved people and I've cared for people, but I don't think I've ever been truly like in love with someone and to where I can see my future with him. And this probably sounds crazy, but I just feel like he is the other half of me that I've needed. How many serious relationships would you say that you've been in throughout your life? I really haven't been in a lot. Um, I had one serious boyfriend in high school. Hi, I'm Chris Harrison, and welcome to the Bachelor Podcast Except These Bros, where four bros discuss episodes of The Bachelor and Bachelorette TV series. My name is Ben Kendrick, and I am joined by my friends Andrew Dice. Hello, Ben. Mr. Brian Dice. Hey, Ben. And Alex Smith. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, we will be, well, we're not really going to probably talk too much about these dates, um, but we're talking about the finale of Matt's season of The Bachelor. Um, we'll be talking about the after the final rose. We'll talk a little bit about what happened on the actual episode. But, you know, I think the meat of this is kind of just what happened with this guy and how this all ended up playing out. So that's where we're going to focus primarily. We'll also find out who the winner of this season's Bachelor Fantasy Draft is. Dice, this week we'll be discussing week 11 of Matt's journey to find love on The Bachelor. Thank you, Ben. As it turns out, when the world said Juan Pablo was the lamest bachelor in history, Matt James said, hold my dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chocolate cake. Um, All right. So I want to start out. We're going to, like I said, we're going to jump around here a bit and we're going to try and really get to kind of where this all landed after the final rose and, and sort of how we're feeling about Matt and what, how this all went down and what happened and, and everything. So I want to start with where they were all at at the beginning of this episode. So Matt says that he's all in with both women. Um, he says of Michelle, she checks all the boxes for a wife. She's loyal, smart, understanding, patient, and kind. And when he's talking about Rachel, he says, I'm obviously attracted to her. She pushes me to be a emotional and vulnerable, um, which I think when I was hearing him describe that kind of encapsulates like a lot of what we've been saying um, and kind of building up to this episode of is Matt ready, truly ready to get married at the end of this or engaged at the end of this, right? And so what what proceeds is a a series of self-sabotaging kind of moments where he just sort of nukes relationships along the way. Um, which is triggered. I don't, I mean, like, I don't know how much of, how much of this about even, you know, the women meeting, you know, his mom and his brother, we want to go into because a lot of that was, I'll, I'll give you guys kind of an opportunity to talk about this, I guess. But a lot of that was Patty, his mom and John, his brother, both liked both of the women didn't have really a, f- a favorite over either one. I mean, Patty just seemed very like, you know, excited that like these two wonderful women would care for Matt the way that she hopes someone will when he when he finally gets married. And and that really is sort of the meat of it as it builds into what is the sort of turning point that everything else hinges on here, which is them sort of talking about whether or not he's actually ready to get engaged. And that's sort of where everything seems to sort of shift. There's nothing like being in love. It makes life wonderful. But, you know, people fall in and out of love and love is not the end all be all. That leads into, you know, the date with Michelle where he's in his head and then ultimately sends her home and then he doesn't have a date with Rachel. So 
I'm curious kind of broadly if there's anything you guys want to talk about here and then we'll talk about both of the, you know, both of the women pre after the final rose. I'm I'm on record as saying I have one thing to say about this. Yeah, okay. And that is that I knew the odds were slim and I knew that I liked Patty, but when we got in to talking with her and I remembered how much I loved her, I turned to my wife and I said, I know it probably won't happen, but I would be 110% in with Patty as the next Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you don't want to see that season of this television show. I I definitely do. And they're doing that seniors, seniors exactly. show, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are they even doing here? This, they have the perfect person. But yeah. Yeah. Um, that yeah. looks like for a weird minute there that, uh, that, that Matt was showing his mom that he might've wanted her to become one of his, uh, suitors on the show with his do you see his awkward leg caress oh, he, that, <laughs> yes it was so yes. uncomfortable so uncomfortable <laughs> i you i don't want to bury the lead here ben because it is the hard part is that this was like a, a slow motion car accident right like yeah. we're watching um i mean over the stupidest <laughs> like Chris Harrison, I guess, just threw Patty under the bus. He would have never allowed her to be the Bachelorette after <laughs> after how this went. But the the way that they cut what she was saying, which was clearly not the whole of of what she said, it was just hysterical that at this point she said, "You know, love is great, but like I assume she said, you need more." substance yeah. like more of a connection with a person than just i'm in love with them and then it all built up to them saying wait matt are you ready to get married and he said oh you know what i don't know that i am and then it just slid then it would then it just slid to the finish line i feel like is what happened from that point on yeah <laughs> yeah i mean she says she has nothing but warmth in her heart for both of the girls and then we get this kind of out of context comment of people fall in and out of love and love is not the be all end all, which it's very obvious what she was trying to say there or what she probably did actually say there is that, you know, you have to you have to know the person and you have to once that honeymoon phase is over, right? Like you have to right. continue to choose each other. That's the thing that, you know, people talk a lot in like marriage counseling and stuff ahead of getting married is you wake up every day and you choose this person all over again, right? And to me, that's what she was saying, right? She wasn't like, well, don't be fooled by the fact that you love these women because like <laughs> that doesn't matter. It's like if you love someone enough, and this is a bit of what we're going to get to to later on, I think, which is like if you actually love somebody and you are confronted by the fact that they aren't exactly who you thought they were and they are embroiled in a massive publicity crisis, do you... <laughs> walk like is it is it acceptable to walk away from them or does that does that kind of undermine the idea that you were ever in love with them like we're gonna you know we will for sure be getting yeah. into that but but it's like yeah matt's interpretation of this of this entire thing was like i don't think i want to be with either of these women or i don't at least want to get engaged because i don't want to hurt them like my mom was hurt because what if i'm my father yeah, exactly which like he had last week Matt, like yeah. last week, Matt, come on, man, declared that he isn't his father and had gotten. I looked at Ashley in the middle of this and I was like, oh, OK, so he didn't get what he needed. Like when we said last week that that conversation <laughs> was shallow and he didn't come to any conclusion whatsoever that he could actually like take to the bank oh. and build on. 
It's like, okay, that's yeah. what, that's how you end up in this place. Is like when you actually- He also, he threw in like, you know, when I talked to my father, he still hasn't taken accountability for what he did. And I was like, I feel like even in that one conversation I saw of him, he was saying, that wasn't right what I did to your mother and you're not me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the like the one important thing that came out of the girls meeting the mom was that one phrase that he later on like he latches onto and he really anchors into love is not the end all be all. And I'm just sitting yeah. here like bashing my head against the table like like what? <laughs> like what like what else did they cut out? And also like why did he only <laughs> latch onto that one part of what she said and it reminded me of <clears throat> um Serena's sister, I think it was, or her mom, like questioning, like, oh, like, are you, like, are you sure? And, and I'm not sure <laughs> if there was like a trigger or a catchphrase with Serena that like really set it off. But without Patty, the mom, his Matt's mom, in this episode, he definitely ends up putting a ring on somebody's finger. <laughs> yeah, I don't think his, his like commitment or I don't think the reality of it would have changed because, but things that Matt James said in this episode, I shouldn't have any doubts. Yeah. <laughs> Which in itself yeah. is like, if you've seen yeah. the show. Yeah. And then later, am I going to propose to her or not? I think I'll know it when I see her. Oh my God. When he said that. Yeah. When he <laughs> yeah, said yeah. that, that was one of the craziest. I also, I also appreciated the line. I'm having this realization for the first time. Am I ready to make that everlasting oath and commitment? Or just doing something that I'm not ready for. Bro, you're the bachelor. Like, what did you think this, what did <laughs> this, you think this was? This, this was definitely it. like the entire premise of the show is like kind of rushing through, you know, like speed dating with a whole bunch of people. Like, like what are you even talking about? But this is this is what happens when we have somebody, I've been saying it the entire season, you have somebody who is not equipped. They haven't been in a serious relationship. They're touching 30. And he's not ready for the situation. Normally, uh, the Bachelor or the Bachelorette have been through the experience of this show before. So it's not all new to them. They, it's new. The situation is, or the position is, but the situation isn't. And for him to not have loved anybody before or been in a serious relationship to always run and to not have experience in this show. I think when he had this conversation and this overnight with, um, with Michelle... He sees, hey, you know what? On paper, this is the girl that I'm going to marry, but I am not ready for yeah. this at all. So this is it. I'm going to I'm gonna break up with her. I'm going to then take the easy way with Rachel because she's not ready yeah. yet, but we can get there together. And then the spiral happens afterwards that he just doesn't <laughs> Where he realize. he gets one he foot out the door and he's like, you know <laughs> yeah. what? I should actually just leave. I want to leave. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the thing about when when... <laughs> When Rachel was talking to his mother, she didn't really answer any of his mom's yeah. questions. She asked, why are you in love with him? And she said, oh, well, you know, he does these little, <laughs> these little things where I see that he loves me a lot. But when she brought up yeah. Faith, it was like offensive in that... Oh well, if she brings us up, then it just had like I'm I'm on this path for a reason. God put me here because of this. Like her faith with God, her it just doesn't God. feel like it feels like she's just saying it so that she can get emotion from his mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, neither of them had a good answer, right? Like it was, no. oh, uh, I trust him. Yeah. Okay. That's why. Okay. Well, do you have you like thought about getting married to every person you trusted? <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> Yeah. But again, there's so little here that like, I mean, 
one of these women was ready to just turn around and become the next bachelorette and the other one was like soups bummed yeah that that the relationship yeah. didn't end you know <laughs> and, and i don't mean to make i don't mean to make light of the whole thing but he he invested so little in, in all of these women that it got to the end and it was like, you know what? I'm just going to actually head home. It was, wh- what was this? Like if you were, what was the mm-hmm. point then? Because we already knew you weren't into this. I, I will... I will offer the the remainder of my time on this topic to uh, Twitter user at Coffee Queen, who just said men will literally become the bachelor instead of going to therapy. And that is all of it. One of the uh, one of the standout lines of this entire interaction, you know, with uh, with Chris, like prior to, um, you know, like the Michelle date and stuff was. The his comment about greeting cards when 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 Matt is having like second thoughts after talking about he goes don't worry love ends what kind of greeting card is that and that like I don't you know like Chris is obviously trying to like force something here yeah he's like trying to salvage you know this crumbling this crumbling season um he's like you know what are you doing we need an engagement right like that's like that's what you're supposed to be doing here like we talked about last episode I think. But at the same time, like that line, as much as he's like forcing something to happen, I was kind of like, well, that is true. Like this is this is the way that Matt interpreted what his mom said. And it has sent him spiraling as mm-hmm. a result is that, you know, love ends <laughs> like, what? like that's not that's not, it's like love grows and it evolves and it changes in relationships. And that's what sometimes it's more about one person than the other person. And like, that's what's cool about being in a committed relationship is, is, you know, kind of evolving as a person and being a different per- person at different moments to like rise to the occasion and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, that was that has no idea yeah. what that means. No, that yeah. was I can't remember who it was. Someone I always remember a stand up comedian said, um, my, my wife and I have been married for however many years and we still love each other, uh, even when we hate each other. Yeah, that's a joke for the married one. In the yeah. room. <laughs> because like and I mean, you know, this is it, it goes against what Chris was uh, what his whole shtick is with the show. But like the fact that we got to a place where the person who was matt's lifeline like the only person who was actually trying to be there for him this episode was neil lane oh my god (laughs) yes yeah Yeah. dude when we're in a we're in a bad place (laughs) when chris was having that conversation with matt he seemed like pissed off like wait you're letting your mom talk you out of this like he he -hmm. reminded me of like uh like a dude at the bar who's who's trying to go home that's matt and Chris is the best friend. He's like, wait, no, we're staying here until we get every single girl's number in here. Like, what do you think we do yeah. this for? Like, we don't do this to yeah. go home at midnight. This is not the guy who I, who I came to the bar with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that uh, you could tell that Chris, you know, there have been a few times where Chris has gotten fed up with the the star of the show and this is one of those times where it was kind of like what are you like what are you doing here man like play the game like this is yeah <coughs> we matt were all rooting sabotaged. for you <laughs> matt, matt sabotaged like every relationship that he made on this show including the one with chris harris yeah <laughs> uh well it, so let, and dice to your point they're like neil hey we got we got some ground to make up with after what chris did like go in there be the like caring grandpa take care of this yeah he yeah. he said, I mean, you know, I, the last thing I want is to make someone buy a ring. And I'm like, I'm surprised they didn't cut his mic. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, but everybody knows the person who who sells you your engagement ring and your wedding bands usually have pearls of wisdom yeah, for weddings. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But but Neil Lane is like they're like, hey, if you want to sell this ten thousand dollar <laughs> ring, Neil, you need to go in there and yeah. sell this. The uh, <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about like the Michelle, um, you know, kind of goodbye here, and just kind of quick impressions on that. I think, um, and then we'll we'll sort of move to Rachel, and we'll we'll talk about some of the after the final rose stuff. But um, I'll get mine out of the way because she was mine. I'll put my rage aside and say that if I thought his breakup with Katie was limp, yeah, this might actually be one of the most actively uh, hurtful yeah. <laughs> dumpings I've ever seen in like a final five, forget final two. Yeah. I being a sentence, it was a single sentence, I guess. Yeah. I mean, she, she goes on, she gives him, you know, these thoughtful gifts and, and then he just basically says, I'll get there with you. And <laughs> And leaves <laughs> almost immediately. And like we hear yep. after, you know, the final rose that she had like felt so blindsided by that she didn't get any closure and that he then refused to talk <laughs> to her, which is like not surprising. The, but... Yeah, like in the context of this situation where she didn't even get a chance to react to that other than to basically say, you know, this thing about it's so hard when, you know, you feel this connection and then it's just like someone flips a switch and she's like, I don't know if I should out, I should fight for you. And then he just leaves. It's, it's kind of one of the things that really came across to me in this episode is how, you know, we've joked about how he's a sociopath because he eats his dessert before his dinner and stuff like that before and how he, <laughs> you know, he does these heel turns when he's taking the women out to the to the cars and stuff. But it is incredible how quickly he can disassociate and like not really put himself in the shoes of the people that he's hurting, like sending Chris Harrison to tell Rachel that, you know, he's not going to be on the date was incredibly cold. And to just keep her waiting like that was incredibly cold. And it's similar with the Michelle thing to kind of feel like you can just say your piece after you were on the verge of proposing to this person, basically, and walk out the door and then, you know, production saying, hey, she still wants to talk to you. And you're saying, I I don't I don't think that's going to be useful is just it's incredible Mm -hmm. to me, like how. You know, we've really slid downhill from where we started with Matt, where we, you know, we liked him and we've talked about that. But like this entire episode, you know, we're just piling on him, I feel like in this in this podcast. But it's it's hard not to because it's like all the facade of him being a good listener and him saying all the right things and stuff like that just like washed away in this episode. And you see how hollow Mm -hmm. these interactions truly were. Because anybody who cared about these women the way that he had told them that he did would have never been able to treat them this way, I don't think. I've dated girls that I don't even like that much. And I couldn't, (laughs) and like, I couldn't, like when I'm breaking up with them, like I couldn't have been this, like this cold to them. I mean, that's, it's like incredible to me Mm -hmm. that he feels like he could have, he could just say like, I don't think I can get there with you. And then like run out the door and not feel like, you know, he has shirked his responsibility there in some case. I got up off the couch I walked towards the TV to rip it out of the wall and throw it up through the window. <laughs> yeah. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, this is what he does. So just like you, Dice, like all of my rage aside, it's it's par for the course. I don't know what I was expecting yeah. from him with with this leading up to it. I'm like, you know, at, tapping my fiance. I'm like, hey, like, what are the odds that uh, Michelle goes home before the rose ceremony? She says 100 percent. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And that's not going to go well. Like his his this was his yeah. worst case scenario. <laughs> this was this was it. Yeah, he's the up. He's a result like his fear is not being not ending up like his dad. 
And we have seen just like a glimpse of the relationship that he had or didn't have with his dad and the relationship he has with his mom. There's so much more in that situation that we have to, that he has to unpack with a professional. And it's not like a joking manner, even like there's a reason that he's behaved the way that he has. And then for him to like talk about um, on the after the final row is just saying that he felt that he had all of these extra added pressures to come across a specific way to not come across a specific way um, that he it, those th- those factors no doubt made him behave less like he normally would have but also put <laughs> also put uh, also put extra pressure on him. So I just wish that we, uh, I wish that we had more, all of the, all of the African-American guys in the past that have come through the show that have been like infinitely more mature, infinitely more responsible, infinitely more like energetic, enthusiastic. And this is the guy that we got because he was a standout in a couple weeks before they started filming Rachel's season. Yeah. Him is like, blows my mind. Him, him saying that made me understand other black men on this show more, not him. Mm -hmm. Like, right. I mean, and he's just kind of an enigma. I think the thing that, that will stick in my memory was he couldn't even lie or he, he couldn't or didn't care to lie about what doubts he had about Michelle. All he could say was, I have doubts. And everyone watching says, what are they? What, like, what is the doubt here? Cause she's crazy in, in love with you. Um, I should have zero doubts. Also weird, unrealistic. And I don't know if he believes that or if he's saying that, cause it sounds like I don't need to say what they are then because that's not the point. But then to take the extra step and say, I can't get there with you is is equating her like I can get there with Rachel. So the difference there is you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and yeah. This was made even mm-hmm. more confusing because just like you're where you're going with this. When he said that, I was like, oh, it's because he's just like head over heels, like so committed to yeah. Rachel. Like that's it. Like the, the end of end all be all come to find Undecided. out. That I can't wasn't pretend, even it. Yeah. That wasn't it either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, this is a guy who, when Neil Lane and him were looking at rings and Matt picked up the ring, he said there's a lot of weight in that ring. It's more than just a ring. It represents a lot of, quote, broken promises. Like, who looks at a wedding <laughs> ring? And thinks, like, it's just, we talked about it, I think, last episode when we were talking about the dad, right? And we were saying... It's really, 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 really unfortunate that the show didn't recognize early on that Matt has like these unresolved issues with his dad. Like the show saw that and they saw drama. But if they had wanted a happy ending to this this love story for him and they really cared about him, they would have like instead of just throwing his dad in at the end of, you know, the season, they would have like had him in counseling this entire time or something. And that should have been part of his weekly process was talking to a counselor or something, working through this stuff, building up to this interaction with his dad, where maybe he finally gets the closure and he can process all of that. And then he can actually commit himself and prove that he's not his dad. And like, not that he has to prove to us, but just like, I don't know, the show didn't set him up to be able to overcome his commitment issues. 
issues. And like, I'm sure he grew a lot. I, I believe he grew a lot on this on this season. I'm sure he is a stronger person and a better person now and more in touch with himself than he was at the beginning of this. But like, I, it's hard for me to imagine that the show didn't have some awareness of how this was how how truly troubled he was and hung up on the stuff with his daddy was that you know we'd get to this point but i uh, i want to believe or maybe i'm a fool to believe that we will eventually probably likely learn if this is the issue is that they did not have and covid whatever they did not have that sense going into it and then through the course of it coming to realize what the issue was that they they've pushed people in the past and like we've heard of that they did they clearly did not hear with matt and i'm i'm i would not be surprised if it comes out that they realized the issue and said if you don't feel good about proposing then you don't have to yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it it does seem like because, yeah, we've definitely heard that kind of thing in the past of like, you know, it, even if it's not there, like make a good show of it and then you guys can go your separate ways or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah and I, we've had this conversation in the past because I specifically remember asking like what sort of so they have like all these pre screenings for the contestants like, yeah, like yeah. and I can't remember whose season it was or like what prompted me to, to bring it up. But like, like, where's like the on site, you know, therapist, psychologist, whatever it is, or the pre screening for everyone, including the bachelor bachelorette to say like, okay, like, yes, you are fit to <laughs> endure the next eight weeks of, of pure emotional yeah. and mental trauma. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move to proposal day. So, um, he, his card to her is an apology that basically says you deserve answers, you know, meet me at the lake. Um, and he's nervous. He's not sure what he's going to say. This is when, you know, you were alluding to, I think, Andrew, where he's like, when he sees her, you know, he'll know what to say <laughs> or something. <laughs> and they go through this. I mean, they go through this whole thing where he kind of talks about the previous day. She talks about the previous day. And um, he he reveals that he isn't ready to propose, but that he does not want to end the journey with her. He wants to leave with her. And and then we go through the normal, you know, couples shots like they're so in love, in which most of which he looks like a deer in headlights that in the majority of the time they're doing those kind of like the we won you know, uh, things at the end where they're cuddling and stuff. And she's saying, I love you. And he's like, I love you. And then she's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you. And she says, I love you. And he's like, yeah, I love you. <laughs> like, you could tell that it was just like, <laughs> it, like, you know, he was trying to be in the moment, but he was still very much, I think, in his head. Um, but, you know, happy, theoretically a happy, <laughs> a happy ending, you know, <laughs> He says, I mean, he says describing their time together following the the end of the show that it was an extended honeymoon and they really they really were vibing and having a good time. Um, and that I guess that kind of brings us to the to the after the final rose stuff, which we wanted to you know really unpack. If if you guys have anything to say about the proposal, I don't mean to gloss over it, but I mean there wasn't a lot you know, no, there. I'll, I'll just say I'm. It will officially be our our Twitter uh, background now. Is the meet me at the lake? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a time where even watching as many seasons as I have seen. I had absolutely I like I didn't care what was going to happen, yeah. but I had zero idea what I was about to watch like slowly. 
I was going to say unfold, but if you picture like, you know, when you get a, a vacuum sealed mattress and you like open it and then you just let it kind of like, yeah. and you're like, I guess this is, this will be fine in a while. That's what, that was the action I want to yeah. capture here on the beach. I did have a moment. I turned to Catherine and I was like, I hope this is like, you know, you won't find my question at the bottom of the lake, but if the sun comes out, it's like, yeah. oh, this is a new scavenger <laughs> thing we're doing here. You must really love her. I was hoping that she was going to show up. He was there in his suit and he was, she was going to show up in like a bathing suit and like a wetsuit with like a snorkel on, <laughs> like ready to swim. <laughs> he, when he, when he picked out, we were talking about the ring. Um, when he decided on the ring that was best suited for her, mm-hmm. his words were, it was the one that he liked the best. Yeah. I think when you're like when you're picking out a, an engagement <laughs> ring to symbolize the love that you have for the person that you're going to propose to, it's yeah. the ring that like best like signifies or represents yeah. her. Yep. <clears throat> oh, Brian, I was and, I was doing this like, three months ago, and I literally yeah, said right? that to the jeweler. I was like, "Well, I like this one, but I don't know yes. if she's going to like this one." Yeah. Call yep. her sister. Yeah. Hey, and the jeweler said, yeah. Yeah. "Call her sister. Phone a friend. Yeah, got to phone it in. Make sure I'm getting the right one. Because I would have massively failed yeah. if I would have gotten the one that I liked. Have you showed her the one that you liked? Yeah, she just she didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will. I'll, I took a good thing out of this scenario, which is I realized that I had married the right woman when she said, Catherine said. Uh, is that a birthmark on her shoulder or do you think she's still just bruised? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. I believe it was a birthmark. Yeah. Um, okay. So they're not together. We know that Matt, um, you know, Matt talked, I don't know. Should we talk about Michelle first actually, before we get into the, like, I, yeah. I like, like, okay. So let's talk about Michelle first because that, you know, we probably, sh- I probably should have paired these together anyway, but you know, we, <clears throat> she had been ready for an engagement. Um, she was blindsided. But as we talked about earlier, the main thing that she was sort of upset by was this lack of closure that she had as a result of the fact that they, uh, you know, that Mad wouldn't wouldn't talk to her or whatever. Um, but she says she did love him. Um, but how did you guys feel when she said that? Like, was his explanation adequate, in your opinion, um, reflective of the situation, you know, of how she was how she was feeling? Because I feel like his his entire presence on this after the final rose stuff. And that's why I kind of wanted to talk about Michelle first as set up for this was like very absent and very like non-committal. And again, kind of it was like the facade falling away. Like when when Matt can't just like tell people he likes them and he's glad they're here and thank you for sharing that and stuff like that. And he's forced to actually have to answer real questions. He basically kind of talks in a circle and then and and then sort of apologizes or something here. Um, so I was not overwhelmingly impressed. Like if I was Michelle, I would still feel like I don't have closure because all he said essentially was there's no justification for why I didn't have that conversation. And if I would have known that this is how you were feeling in that moment, then I would have thought to have that conversation. Well, what? Like <laughs> she was the final two contestants. She just told like, you she loved yeah. you. She thought you guys were going to yeah. get married and she sees a life with you and you walked out the door. Like, did you expect her to shake it off the way that he seems to be able to shake yeah. these things off? Like I, yeah. I, I thought that was like really representative of a lot of the way that he acts on this, uh, this episode. His comment to her where he said, um, 
people say that you came in at the wrong time, but you were a breath of fresh air. You weren't late. You were right on time. Yeah. Like the the way that he like delivers, like we said earlier, platitudes, it's just a whole bunch of things to try to make her feel better afterwards, but not taking any responsibility for what he had done previously. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was just a, it was offensive when he did it. And then for him to have been able to see it from a third perspective or third person perspective, and then to like double down on it again yeah. was just like, man, whatever, dude, seriously. Yeah. yeah so he said that when, when she, in regards to refusing the two minutes, he told her on the after show that there was quote, no justification for saying no to the conversation, <laughs> hard stop. And then goes on with his platitudes. And I was disappointed that Michelle and Ancho, neither of them held him to the fire and said, okay, well, we'll back up. What, what do you mean? There's no justification. What were you feeling at the time? Walk us through what your mindset was. What were you telling yourself? Like there's all yeah. these things that they could have done to, to dig in a little bit deeper, to get a real um, response for Michelle who really deserved one. I mean, the poor girl's crying yeah. into the wee hours of the mm-hmm. night with the producers in her room. And he's like, oh, my bad. Like, if I would have known it was like that, you know, I would have talked to you. Like, nah, get out of here. And this dude, like his. Yeah. What did you expect? Yeah. He, I think he was talking, he was talking to Emmanuel at one point And we said, like, he's talking to him the same way he talked to these women. Yeah. Like, hmm. it's there's just no, no difference at all. The thing that, I mean. It really drove it home when Michelle said, like, I need closure. And he said, okay, well, let me start out by telling you what you meant to me. And that's like, Mm -hmm. that's not, you were a breath of fresh air. I don't, what does that have to do with (laughs) anything? Like you, you're literally talking about what I was in terms of what I was to you. Uh, This was the first time where it seemed like the bachelor was not going to say anything of substance. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the women realized that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just stopped. I want you guys to think about the last time that you were like supremely hungover. I have to go a a while back for this, but just like you drink just like a ton. And like the next morning, like you feel tear, like you want to be like that, you know, with the big black glasses and just like a big gallon of water. And let's say you have a family function that you have to get through the next day in that state. You just do the absolute (laughs) bare minimum. You barely nod. You barely (laughs) high-fiving, barely engaging. All you're doing is whatever it takes to get through the day. This after show, this is what it feels like Matt is doing. The bare minimum, just give them whatever platitudes and niceties just to get through it. Cool. Did I say enough to like get one over on them? I think so. And we're done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I agree. You you guys were talking about him saying like the bare minimum. And I know one of the things that we will be talking about when we're talking about Rachel is the like world record for longest awkward pause that actually went to a commercial break because it was so long and awkward. And people like his ex-girlfriend who he's there to basically kind of throw under the bus a bit is like reaching out to make sure he's okay and like patting his knee and like rubbing mm-hmm. his back and stuff. It would only be awkward if I can hair right yeah i think was the difference this should have been the most awkward thing that i've ever seen (laughs) but i feel like everyone certainly on this podcast was just sitting looking at the tv just like he's not going to say anything (laughs) i'd like i expected someone to say you have to say something yeah matt there's so much more in your heart i don't even want to i don't even want to interject i can see it in your eyes what else do you want to share with her 
you you need like, to. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I the the only reason I f- like I felt bad for the guy because he's so ill equipped to deal with everything that he has been dealing with like he should like he shouldn't have gone on the show from day one he didn't know what he was doing and and it's just been like it's been trying to like watching uh uh somebody try to swim and they can't swim you're like well i mean this is fun to watch because they're gonna try to survive here but it's also like i might be watching somebody die (laughs) (laughs) like Maybe not the best analogy, but you know what I'm saying, right? It was pain. Yep. It's painful to watch, but I also don't want to stop. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, well, even even with the breakup, it's the same thing. It's and the one thing they didn't ask him where it was, you know, you basically asked them on these after the final rose, like what went wrong, like what uh, we want to know what went wrong, what was the moment, yada yada yada. And the thing that he said was, uh, well, really, it's like everyone wants to know what the answer to that question is. And there's really only one thing you can say that will make them mad. And that would be if you said, I wasn't ready to get married. Right. Because <laughs> then yeah. you've just, I mean, the audience along with the production, you've wasted everybody's time. Yeah. And yeah. the women, obviously. And that's what it came down to. But it, but the other stuff surrounding the finale meant that they couldn't go that direction with it. I think they absolutely would have if this was any other season. And um, Juan Pablo was just dragged out and Chris Harrison just refused to move on because he was speaking on behalf of everyone who was who felt like they had their time wasted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This could have been like this could have been Jake and Vienna levels of awkward. Yeah. And it was just there was something bigger to deal with. It it, it ended up being <laughs> yeah, fortuitous yeah. in the fact that uh this is the one where people would be like, Well, now we have something to talk about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it and the thing that we are talking about is important enough that we'll probably just care more about it than this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Emmanuel Acho. Well, guys, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you guys know I love those awkward silences. Yeah. Made my night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was so awkward. Like, it was so awkward just because, like, Emmanuel Acho has to, like, say, you know, Matt, I don't want I don't want to, like, I know you're going through something, so I don't want to prompt you. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, man, I see yeah, you. Yeah. I see you. You're feeling a lot, man. It yeah. was like, wow, you didn't have time to watch the season before yeah. <laughs> hosting this. Hey, like, no, he isn't. Yeah. It's just like he jumps in like three or four times, kind of being like, what you feeling, Matt? <laughs> like, what's going through your head? You know? Um, don't shut yeah. down. Don't shut so, down. So uh, the most uncomfortable conversation in Bachelor history is what we were prom- what we were promised. And I, I don't know if that delivered because just like you guys were saying, I wasn't like all that uncomfortable watching, um, you know, some of this. And I guess it was uncomfortable for Rachel. But Rachel had come in, I think, with similar to kind of the way that Anik went into the women tell all like Rachel knew her talking points. She knew not to deflect. She knew to take full responsibility. She knew to, you know, like not blame anybody, but to highlight the fact that she has a lot to learn and that she's, you know, she's putting in that work to learn and and everything. Um, I We have made fun of Rachel quite a bit this season just because we, I think all for the most part predicted where all this was headed based on how Matt acted towards her, which was kind of, you had these women of substance like Michelle who would have been the right pick for someone who was ready to get married. And now it all kind of makes sense 
um, in hindsight that he was so obsessed with Rachel because Rachel was kind of the fun, you know, pretty one. And it's not just that she's pretty. It's like she was she is fun and she you can tell they had like good chemistry and everything. But she is the one you kind of date out of all of this. If you're not if you are Matt and you're not really ready to get married. So we've had a mm-hmm. lot of fun at, you know, Rachel's expense. And she has also obviously created a massive problem for herself as a result of, you know, past behaviors and, and things like that. But I will say that I did appreciate like the way that she went into this. And I think she came out of it about as good as as anybody yeah. as anybody could. Yeah. Like I have more respect yeah. for Rachel now than I have for Matt in a lot of ways. And like because I think I think she is at the epicenter of something that could really have destroyed her life and crushed her. And, you know, she kind of came out of it. She lost Matt. But I mean, she seems to have at least gained a greater understanding of herself and, you know, the past and and like the world that she was brought up in. Yeah. In hindsight, losing Matt's not going to be the worst thing right. for you, yeah. Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think also that I mean Matt comments on how her authenticity was one of the first things that made him fall in love with her and I think like you can see in this interaction that like she is authentic um to a degree and oh yeah man best moment of honesty was what would you have thought if 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 this had come out or if somebody totally. she just said I honestly wouldn't have known I would have not known what the issue was because I didn't understand yeah. it mm-hmm. I thought that was really yeah. telling too because if she had said yeah I was kind of worried about this you'd be like oh well so you did yeah. know <laughs> like but yeah that was the absolute right answer for sure yeah when he talked about how um he said I, I've been very careful and I haven't used the word racist i said that there were like there were um racially like the whole the whole situation with her um was really it, it was insensitive and it was it was ignorant and she didn't know what her actions or the background like she said i didn't learn that's my fault but i think it was so much more blown into what it is because somebody who does know what it meant and what the definition was took it and doubled down on it for yeah. her and I, I i like i don't for her like cut and dry she could have she could have learned more she could have known better but she was young she made a mistake she didn't she wasn't tweeting out racist comments she wasn't being aggressive and attacking people she did something out of out of not knowing and out and out of ignorance and she's learned from it yeah so obviously with a conversation that matt had with her i think that there's probably a lot more to maybe she defended what she had done or she maybe supported people who had been a little bit more outspoken and been more openly racist because he was like just not having any of it. And you could see that he didn't even want to look at yeah. her at times. I was, yeah, Alex and I were I, talking about this. I mean, I'm going to hand yeah. it to Alex. Cause yeah, we were, we were talking about this. Earlier. No, I, I, I thought a lot about this and I'm wondering, I mean, to your point, it made me think what, what we don't know about the conversations that they had, because the layup for this is like, Oh, cool. Well, I need to learn more about what it means to be black, black culture, et cetera. I have a black boyfriend slash, you know, in theory, fiance. Um, Let me be with him, learn from him and experience through, you know, his eyes, like what all this means. But he's just like, no, he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not having any of this. Yes, she does need to learn. No, it's not going to be through or with me. So 
either <clears throat> either there's a lot of stuff that we just that's that's more meaty that we aren't privileged to that we'll probably never know and he and maybe his silence was yeah. like him mm-hmm. thinking like oh do i do i talk about this stuff or do i just let it go um so mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah. <laughs> it was interesting to watch but he i mean he clearly drew a very hard line in the sand that he wasn't going to be that person for her, which I don't know. I don't know if I blame him. I can't say what I would have done in his shoes if that was me. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. Hmm. Yeah. I, that like, well, and it was really tough. Cause uh, I know I, I can't think of who said it, but that it is not, if they were together, if they shared enough of a common relationship, if they had invested enough that they seemed to actually be committed, and if he had felt like he was ready to propose, then it is still not his obligation to teach her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It is not his his job or his responsibility mm-hmm. to be the one that educates her. And I, and I understand that intellectually, the thing that really clouds it is that like, from what I've seen of Matt, that doesn't feel like why he would say, I'm not going to put the time into this because it was already. Mm-hmm, so right. they were, you know, he was on, can't remember who it was who said it, but he was on the show to find a girlfriend at, at the end of it. Yeah. And um, this is yeah. an awful lot of drama to, to welcome into your life on top of everything else, if the relationship that you have with them seems as, um, geez, I don't even know, like un undeveloped as, as theirs did when, when the show came to the end. Yeah. And if that's not what he wants to do, like if he doesn't want to be that teacher or that person to help her understand, then like he had four of the last five women were women who would have been through similar situations as him. So if it was just something that he's like, I don't want to have to, this isn't a conversation that I want to have. This is not the perspective that I want to have. I want somebody who's here with me, who has been through similar situations that I have, who's lived a similar life. Then dude, you got rid of girls who are much, we we've been saying it for weeks. You got rid of girls who are much more well-suited for Mm -hmm. you because even when he said like, she doesn't know what it's like to be a black man in America. I was like, I mean, true, but like, you know, you would have been on a different show. <laughs> like yeah. if, if, if what, what, <laughs> yeah. what was yeah. the, what was the goal for, to get from this? And I feel like that was the thing is that if he didn't know the answer to that question, then like yeah. when, when something like this comes up, that would be a serious thing for any relationship. The easiest yeah. thing is going to be like, he didn't even stay to explain to Michelle why he was anything. Of course he's going to leave. Like, yeah. and to, and to not get like too, to, to try to, I guess, not inject levity into something that doesn't deserve it. But the way that we've been talking about Matt is, you know, he could say to us like, well, it's not my job to to teach her about racial, uh, you know, the racial reality. And we'd be like, that's true. That's true, Matt. But like, that's not why you're leaving. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, we know, <laughs> you know, you saw the opening or you just yeah. decided how much to, to, to face that in a mixed race relationship, like to begin with there has it has to be worth it and at the end of the day like yeah. we watched the season where we would say like of course it isn't yeah like for, from everything yeah. we've seen no there's not much here yeah yeah alex and i were talking about it a bit earlier because like you know and i we debated how personal like alex wanted to you know get about this or whatever but it's like alex is obviously a black man and he's engaged to a white woman and i was like if you had found out that you know your partner had been at something like this or had done something like this and that there was 
like we're, we when when Alex and I were talking about it, it's like, yeah. would she ever be able to understand Alex's blackness, right? And like, I grew up with Alex. I've known him forever. Like, we're best friends. Like, there are times where Alex's blackness, like, was a factor in environments that we were involved in, or something where Alex was an outsider, or you know, people were viewing Alex in a different way, or something, and like. But I don't understand Alex's blackness, right? Like, I don't, like, I don't, I can't, I can't own that. So it's like, he can't. Yeah. And it's like, if, yeah. And it's, it's, it's something that, like, even it's, it's like a moving target. It's something that evolves literally daily. Yeah. So, you know, for, for even me to say, like, yes, I fully, I fully understand my blackness. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. No, bro. Like that's that's some heavy stuff right there. So and like in my relationship, there's stuff that like I'll go through and I'll tell Natalie, like, hey, this is this is what showed up for me. And she's like, Oh, like I didn't even know I wouldn't have thought to think of this situation with these people like this. Hmm. Like, what do you need from me? Like, how can I, you know, be present in these situations? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we have the conversations that you would hope you would have in a real relationship um Mm -hmm. about it, but And and, I mean, to your point, like, yeah, like he's he was looking for a girlfriend. He needs to deal with his own stuff first before he tries to help somebody else overcome, you know, whatever racial insensitivities she being Rachel might have. Yeah, I think I I think I would have felt a little bit more like not that it's my place to feel comfortable with any of this, but I would have felt a little bit more like on his side if he had said, look, like at the end of the day. This is something that she has to figure out on her own because like I don't think I I can help her understand, you know, what what she did wrong or or come to these realizations. Like I just can't walk her through that. And part mm-hmm. of the reason I can't walk her through that is because I have a lot of issues with my dad that I need to get like sorted out and my feelings about love. And instead, he kind of like and it, hers is the greater sin. Like I'm not I'm not defending anything mm-hmm. that she did, but it's like he really puts this on her like mm-hmm. she did this thing. She needs to deal with this herself. And there is a part of me that's kind of like in this way, like Alex and I were talking about it is kind of like he doesn't have a responsibility to stay with her and like walk her mm-hmm. through this. It's up to him if he wants to do that. But the truth is, like, he doesn't want to do it. Yes. So yeah, then, exactly. That, yeah. And that's the part <laughs> yeah, that, like, that was yeah, maybe there's conversations that they had that where she was more overtly racist and he's just trying not to like, you know, throw her under the bus publicly. And so maybe he's taking some higher road or something like that. I'm willing to believe that. I'm willing to believe that when this first came out, She's willing to believe she was very privately yeah, racist. Well, <laughs> well that, you know, she he well, sort of alludes to it first, like I thought it was rumors and I supported him. So maybe she was saying, yeah. I, I I don't think, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't like that. And then it came out that she actually did. So maybe he felt, you know, like he had defended her and misrepre- been, mes- been misrepresented to right. him or something. The extent of her, you know, her her kind of trouble here. But at the end of the day, like he is saying, I don't. He could stay with her and he could help her. He would expedite her ability to go through this process and understand, just like Alex is saying, having those conversations like now she doesn't have that. So she is in a weaker point to actually fully transform into somebody who is anti-racist without him in her mm-hmm. life. But and that's OK, like he doesn't have to take up that responsibility. To, but but to put it on her that that's the only way that she can go through it is completely ignoring the fact that like he has a lot of work to do and he also saw an opportunity to get out of a relationship that he may not have been that into and that's Mm -hmm. you know he jettisoned and is putting it on her as the as the excuse kind of for sure and Mm -hmm. when we were talking earlier about this ben one of the things that i was thinking i was like 
thinking about what he was saying about the weight when talking to Emmanuel about like the weight of being the first black bachelor, all of the stuff that was going on with social justice in America and like him trying to show up on TV a certain way, it's possible that he was really embarrassed that he was trying to shoulder all of this stuff and then turns out the one girl that he picked ended Mm -hmm. up being Mm -hmm. a white girl with racially insensitive history. Like, I'm out. Like, this this is not what I signed up for. I'm super embarrassed. I feel like an idiot. Like, I need to cut all ties hard and fast. Yeah, if he was like, if he showed intellectual intelligence and emotional intelligence through the entire season, I would give him the benefit of the doubt for that. Yeah. But like just seeing, just seeing do him do things like for what he says, be one reason knowing that it's full well another, just, just own up to it and say, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. Like, like Ben said, I'm not prepared for this. I got to work on myself and this is just, isn't going to work right now. We've all, we've all dumped. I like I've, I've dumped girls for way less important <laughs> right, reasons yeah. than that, than that. And I might've even told them it was for something completely different mm-hmm. because I was an idiot, but it's fine. And he doesn't have to feel like he doesn't have to feel the show shouldn't make him feel like he should stay with her and he shouldn't have to feel like he owes it to her to teach her but he also can't put a hundred percent of the blame on her because she doesn't deserve it yeah the the one the one sentence that crystallized and finally made it make sense to me this is exactly to your point ben that he was asked um like what was what is the thing that is too big and all he could say or what he chose to say was that it was her not understanding why it would uh upset him and that mm-hmm. and that's like okay so you are not from her appearance once this was brought up to her and she went through the process of of having that ignorance dispelled and understanding this she has done what we would hope like that is what the how she presented it and when it came down to it he couldn't condemn her for anything other than not already being aware of it, like not already understanding it. And that was ultimately the reason that it had broken for him, which is like, fair enough. Again, like you're saying, you have no responsibility, but that, that does say a lot that it was her ignorance alone was, Mm -hmm. well, then of course he's not going to have any interest to, to stay and help address that because that was, that was all it took. And that, you know, Again, fair, but also like not surprising, yeah. given yep. given what mm-hmm. we saw up yep. to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Alex. What do you do? You do you? You've watched quite a few seasons of the show. Um, how do you feel as him being the first African American bachelor? Like, do you? <laughs> That's a funny question because before when he was first chosen and the previous season was still going on, like I was making a hard case. Like we had so many other previous people on the show, contestants, yep. black candidates that would have been great. And we bypassed mm-hmm. all of them for what looked like an incestuous relationship with, I think it was like through Tyler and maybe even <laughs> Hannah had a part in it. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Like without mm-hmm. choosing. Um, I will not say that I feel like he misrepresented black people in any way or like 
didn't uh, I don't know like the stuff that I'm that I'm beating him up for is more ba- is not based upon his race but more upon right. you know who right. he is and who he di- who he, like the stuff that he needs to work on he's needs to work on you know his emotional intelligence how to express himself how to communicate more than what Mich- you know Michelle calls out like yeah. thank you for sharing like you got to you got to be able to provide more than that so I mean if I could have a redo I probably yeah. I probably would. That sounds harsh as it's someone else. Mouth. But again, like I'm just looking back at like yeah, I'm looking yeah. back at previous Mike. contestants and like there's some awesome dudes like uh, Mike, right? Wasn't that his name? Um, who was a a, a real yeah. good dude? Yeah. Um, Hannah's Hannah's. I think that was yeah Hannah. Yeah, yeah from Hannah's Ivan. season. Um, Eric Eric yeah. uh, Bigger yeah. from Rachel's season. Oh yeah, like really well spoken, yeah. intelligent, yeah. emotionally responsible dudes. But yeah. I mean, it's a crapshoot, right? Like yeah. you could put one of them on and have a totally different train wreck. So yeah. Well, and I mean, it could just like it kind of goes to show that like it doesn't really matter your color or your background. You can be emotionally an unintelligent, idiot, macho, dumb jock, regardless, yeah. right? Like like his his issues are the same that most of the guys before have had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his comments on on what was on his mind as being the first Black Bachelor, I got more from those words coming out of his mouth than I did from his entire season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is just kind of unfortunate because the truth is like, I don't know, I kind of warmed up to Rachel a bit by the end too. And like, you know, there was part of me that when... Alex and I were talking about a bit about this too. Like, you know, he doesn't leave like any daylight for the possibility that they will get back together either. Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> one, one last embrace. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that was so awkward. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he said, I don't know if I'll ever be able to hear that and and not. And it was like the, the words last embrace. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. He said embrace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah. I don't know, you know, like I'm not necessarily like, I'm not really rooting for them because it seems like you know matt is not ready to be in a relationship she has work to do so it it was probably the best outcome given the circumstances but but man it's uh you know it's hard to watch like when these things don't at least appear to have worked out um but anything else you guys want to want to sort of say about them like i you know i wish them both the best i think rachel is obviously like really trying to embrace you know what the attention that she has gotten as a result of this. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I credit her for, uh, for kind of confronting that head on and, and doing a pretty, you know, sincere job of, mm-hmm. of attacking it. I think one of the things that yeah. stood out to me too, that she had said was the, uh, the response to why she didn't come out sooner with a, with a statement. And she said, you know, I didn't want to just say the right things. I wanted to understand why people were really upset. Like I thought that was also, cause I mean, you know, Andrew and I work in, you know, in a in a social media sort of, you know, urgent world where it's like, you know, when something happens, people expect to hear from you or they're waiting for a comment and stuff. And I think it is, uh, you know, it's hard sometimes to sit back and not react to that. Um, you know, who was it? Uh, I'm just I'm spacing the name, but which is the Bachelor contestant that recently got in trouble for all that racist stuff she used to she said a while back? Taylor, Taylor. that's right. And like Taylor is kind of the counterpoint to what Rachel's saying here. It's like Taylor had an emotional reaction and every time she came, you know, came out with an explanation after it was just kind of like digging herself in a, in a deeper and deeper hole. So if, if Rachel is being sincere that that is truly the reason why she waited, I think it was the right thing to do. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and the same with Matt, like, you know, you guys, Alex, you were pointing to me earlier that, sh- that Matt was posting on his Instagram about like Googling therapists near him and stuff as, you know, as like part of his Instagram stories. And I, I hope that's true. Like, I, I think, I still think one of the most powerful things this show could have done would have been to have actually like put in counseling work with him throughout the process. And then he probably would have landed in a much different place at the end of this. Yeah. And also would have had a very different interaction with his dad and stuff. So it's unfortunate, I think, that, you know, that that work hadn't been done sooner. Um, But I hope it does work out for both of them individually on their own, working on the stuff that they know they both know they need to work on. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. The one good piece of news that we got out of this whole thing is we're getting two bachelorettes. We're the bachelorettes. <laughs> Alex and I were talking about this because we had we had his <laughs> his his girlfriend had or his fiance had um encountered this uh you know this is a rumor that the two of them would be that Michelle and Katie would be the bachelorettes and I got incredibly worried that they were going to do the same thing they did with uh with Britt and Caitlin where they had to choose between them after the first night or whatever and I was like man can you imagine how <laughs> this show kind of like tossed Michelle in here to try and like you know make things more diverse and honor this this responsibility that the show is is saying that it has only for like all the guys to like end up picking Katie or something like that. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad that they're just letting them both breathe. They're both getting their own seasons. I'm I'm genuinely super pumped for Katie's season. I think she's going to be really fun just because she almost has that kind of like Caitlin Bristow, like, you know, she like she's not afraid to kind of like tell people what she thinks. And I think that'll be kind of a unique and fun and fun, uh, fun season. And then Michelle, like we all fell in love with Michelle and especially after just kind of the mess that this thing devolved into by the end, like the best thing that could come out of this season is if one of his top contestants ended up getting her own shot at love and actually find somebody because unlike him, she's actually ready to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super excited for it. And, and we, we don't need to see, we don't need to see another bachelor for a little while. Give the girls some more shots. Like, we're not batting too well. I guess fifty-fifty for the last two that have been on with Claire and and Tasha. But give us more girls and more guys that we can rip apart for a couple yeah. seasons. Wait, so is that how they're going to do it? Where it's it's probably going to be is going to be a Bachelorette? They Paradise said they're going to do they're going to do Katie first. Okay. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anything else to add, Andrew? You got a uh, got feelings about seeing Michelle and and Katie and their journeys to find love? No, you know what I thought? Um, this is just, it's what its what we need. It's what we need. <laughs> I can't wait for all of the guys to just destroy, to just shred Matt when talking to both of these women. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, you think we'll see Matt James on Paradise? That's my last question. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. If I see him on there, I'm flying down there or up there, wherever it's going to be, and I'm grabbing him by the neck and dragging him home. I think we, I think we might see him on Paradise. We'll see. No. I don't know. I mean, he has a pretty like, like he obviously doesn't have a great relationship with the show at this point. So that like his criticism right. of the show is the one thing that makes me think he wouldn't be on it. But I don't. Well, and the fact that he needs like like he needs like professional yeah, well, I help. Don't, Maybe I don't mean don't like immediately. Right. I mean like you know a year and a half from now, does he show up on Paradise? But, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Well, this was. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of glad that we're I'm sort of glad this season's over as much as I enjoy doing this podcast with you guys. Um, 
But before we uh, before we round it out, Andrew Dice, we need to find out who scored the most points this season in our Bachelor Fantasy draft. Yeah, well, okay. Re- regardless of how, um, oh, wow. If I was if I was a better, more articulate speaker, there would be a terrific like blackness in the in Bachelor Nation joke to make now, but I won't because I'm not. <laughs> I um, see where you're going with that. This is okay. Look. Believe me when I tell you, when they canceled Rachel's date, I was I was smelling victory from the jaws of defeat. Okay, (laughs) of all of the things that could happen in this final episode, have a totally normal kissy crying date. I ended this season with 150 points, which I am proud of. That is very good. Alex with 158 points. Has taken this season. Uh, congratulations, Alex, the winner of our Apollo 13 mission, the successful failure. <laughs> Technically, at this point, more of a winner than anyone who was actually on the show itself. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, Dice, in preparing for my acceptance speech, my first win over. Sixers. Wait, 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 wait. You got a cue like the Monday Night Football theme song. <laughs> we need music behind this and go. <laughs> In preparation for this speech, I realized this is the worst victory has ever felt. <laughs> and I will just leave it at that. Yeah. This was uh, not like this. I love doing this podcast with you guys. I love our listeners. Um, but yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to put this one, put this one behind us. We will, um, you know, before we kind of conclude this episode, like, you know, if there's an opportunity for us to come back before uh, Katie season or something, if, if there's some big bachelor news and we just want to hop on and, you know, do a extended goss trough or something like that, that might be kind of fun. But uh, so if there's a reason for us to come on, you know, like keep uh, keep an eye on us. We might pop up a little bit before before Katie's season, but otherwise we'll be looking forward to returning for that. Um, that does- we also have to say we have to say before we go, because we're not going to do a goss yep. trough tonight. We have to say that it has been um, verified that Caitlin and Tasha are both going to be oh, the right, co-hosts yeah. for the upcoming season. So awesome that we've got two re- returning girls. Awesome that they've seen success in the show in one way or another. And maybe they can act as a, I don't want to say a coach, but as like somebody with experience can kind of guide them through the ups and downs and twists and turns. That's actually the show kind of a good them. idea. Like, why don't they do that more often? Like have actual contestants. Or, yeah. Like that actually, I mean, you're saying that now, Brian, but it's like, that actually yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. Like if you had Tasia be the person who is the host of, obviously like not all the contestants can be the hosts, but there has to be, you know, like have Wells host the season of the bachelor or something like that, you know, and have Tasia and Caitlin do like, that makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Like watching Chris Harrison go through this season, especially just felt like he was out of his depth and like it was time, it was time to just, you know, cash those producer checks and, and like hand the reins over to someone mm-hmm. else. Like he doesn't need to be like, you know, friggin' Regis Philbin or something like doing this, you know, past his prime or something like that. Like I don't, I don't know, like he's turning into like the grandpa yeah. and we don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. We want people who have, have experience and that the, the audience and the viewers 
relate to and want yeah, to cheer for. Exactly. And also that the, the people that are contestants also probably have more respect for Tasia and, and Zach and, and Caitlin than they would Chris, who just is yeah, just totally. there. I completely yeah. agree. It'll be super yeah, fun. I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. Um, all right, guys. Well, that does it for this week's episode, this season. Uh, let us know what you guys thought by following us on Twitter at Bachelor Pod. You can also follow us individually. I am at Ben Kendrick, Mr. Andrew Dice. At Andrew B. Dice. Mr. Brian Dice. At Brian R. Alex Dice. Alex Smith is on the Instagram. Underscore Alexander the Smith. If you dig the show, tell a friend to tune in, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Um, and if you haven't done that this season and you've been enjoying the show, please do that. Um, and as we gear up for, for Katie's season, make sure to, you know, to, uh, to tell your friends and, and get them on board as well. You can find Dice and I on ScreenRant.com, covering all kinds of movie and TV news, as well as everything to do with The Bachelor. I think we wrote uh, last night, if I counted, we wrote about like 15 articles after the finale, just like, <laughs> you know, like breaking down like who Matt might be dating and different things like that. Um, as we conclude this installment of The Bachelor podcast, except these bros, it's time for our in memoriam where we have to say goodbye to The Bachelor contestants that did not get a rose this week. <laughs> Michelle... <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, Rachel, Rachel, and Matt. And yeah. Matt. Well, Michelle, Michelle will be able to give out roses soon. So I guess that counts for something. So Rachel, Rachel and got it. She did get a rose. Rachel got she did a rose. Get her. Technically, she got a rose. Matt, how, uh, how hard is this on you? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's just, it's, it's just disappointing. Matt, there's so much more in your heart. I don't even want to, I don't even want to interject. I can see it in your eyes. What else do you want to share with her? <laughs> 